episode number 55. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor-Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So today will be the last episode of the series I'm doing, which is a collection of stuck stories having to do with children. You know, children learn so much from us. In fact, I believe they learn more from our behavior than from what we actually teach them via our words. They pick up on everything. And those experiences are imprinted on their brains. I mean, think about it for a minute. Don't you have memories of people in your life doing things, and I'm talking about when you were like a kid, maybe under the age of 10, doing things and they will just stay with you. Those memories will just stay with you forever. I don't know about you, but I know I do. And so while I don't really have any deep purpose in doing this series on stuck stories that have to do with children, I would want to simply say that if nothing else, it's a reminder of how important it is for us to get unstuck when we are around other people, but especially children, because our experiences and how we respond to things may influence a child for a lifetime. So I have a story for you today regarding my 16-year-old daughter, Ayala. But before I share that, I just want to let you know about the upcoming Getting Unstuck and Living Deliberately retreat that is taking place in Israel June 3rd to June 5th. It is a retreat open to women only and has 10 total spots available. And currently there are only two spots left So if you live in Israel, and if you are interested in joining me on this retreat, or you'd like more information, email me as soon as possible. And if you do not live in Israel, but you do live in the United States, I will be traveling to the States this summer, and I am really interested in putting together a one-day mini retreat in New Jersey or the Philadelphia area. If you live in that area and would be interested to join me on such an experience, definitely, definitely email me because I'm only going to put this together if I know that there are people out there that would want to attend. Okay, so for the story of this week, this one, as I mentioned, has to do with my daughter, who is 16, and gave me permission to share this story as long as I tell it the right way the way it really happened. (laughs) I had to laugh when she said that to me. So this is what happened. A few weeks ago, we had spring break here in Israel. This was over Passover. And basically, the way the country looks during that week is, well, it's like chaos. (laughs) All the kids are off of school. Most parents take off of work. Everybody is traveling, everyone's on the roads, going hiking, going to museums, going to parks, going on picnics. And on the one hand, it's amazing, right, to see so many people out and about at the same time celebrating. On the other hand, it's just nuts. I mean, like, talk about traffic. 
So the way my family usually spends this week is we do day trips and we don't go too far from the house. We live in northern Israel where, like most of the country, seems to flock to during that spring break week. But we are fortunate enough to live close to some really great historical sites and campgrounds and hiking areas. So we don't travel too far. And unfortunately, the kids are not so thrilled with that, but that's just what it is. Anyway, so about a week before this spring break, I was driving my kids to after-school activities, and my daughter was in the passenger seat. And she turned to me and she said, Ima, that's mom in Hebrew, she says, Ima, I have a really great idea for spring break. Oh, I said, what's the idea? And to myself, I was like already preparing myself for some like outrageous idea that I was not going to want to do. But anyway, she said, okay, listen, so I'm thinking about taking the bus down to a lot and going camping with a friend, like in a canyon or something for a few days. And then maybe we'll go into town one day and then I'll take the bus back up. And I think that's going to be an awesome week. Don't you think so? Doesn't that sound great? (laughs) Now, before I tell you why and how I caught myself stuck in that moment, I may have to give you some details for those of you who are not familiar with this area or Israel in general. So Eilat is a port and resort town. It's about a six-hour bus ride from where we live, at least, and it's not a direct ride. It's a town that many Israelis go to when it's vacation. It's hot all year around in Eilat. It has beautiful beaches, and it's known for their calm waters, and their dolphin reefs, and snorkeling, and diving, and the most amazing coral that you'll probably see in the world. I love a lot. I think everybody loves a lot. And in fact, I took my daughter to a lot when she turned 12, and it was just a mother-daughter getaway, and I wrote about a stuck story that happened there in my Getting Unstuck book. But I wasn't stuck on the fact that she was wanting to go to a lot. And I wasn't even stuck on the bus ride because the truth of the matter is, my daughter is pretty independent with public transportation. She's involved in many things that require her sometimes to travel to different cities in Israel. And she probably knows the bus and train stations and their schedules like way better than I do. In fact, I know she does. So that wasn't really an issue. And I wasn't even stuck on the fact that she was choosing to spend her spring break with friends and not us. I mean, okay, maybe like a teeny incy wincy little bit stuck, but you know, she's getting older and it's normal. I mean, she wants to hang out with her friends during her spring break and not with her parents and her three younger brothers. I get that. What I was stuck on in that immediate moment after she shared her amazing idea was fear. Because she's a teenager, and she has a teenager's brain, not an adult brain. And she doesn't have the life experience that I have, and she doesn't know half the things that could go wrong. So while my gut reaction was to respond and be like, "Uh, no, you're not, (laughs) I, I caught myself. And this is the interesting part of the story, because when I told my daughter that I was going to share how I took a stop how I didn't react automatically, how I got myself unstuck. She was like, yes, you did, Ima. You told me I couldn't go. Whoa. And I was like, what? 
I said, that is so interesting. That is so interesting that you think that because you know what? That's not what happened. What I told her what happened was that I deliberately took a stop. I did not respond. I told her that I wanted to tell her that she wasn't going to go, but I didn't do that. I never told her she couldn't go. It's so fascinating to me. I told her that I took a few seconds to get myself unstuck. I told her how I got stuck on fear. That's the T-step, tell. And how I investigated the thoughts that were coming into my mind, like she's not responsible enough. It's not safe to do that. She should go with an adult. She should go with an armed adult. Because in Israel, many, many people, mostly men, travel armed, even though you never hear about shooting sprees and gun issues like you do in America. Anyway, but back to my thoughts. There's probably no cell reception inside of a canyon. She thinks she's more sophisticated than she really is. She has no clue what she's talking about. She just can't, right? That's a thought I had. She can't and she won't. Okay, so those were many thoughts that were running through my head. But as much as I wanted to respond, I checked in with those thoughts and I thought twice about some of them, not all of them, but some of them. Like, she's not responsible. She is. She's definitely not well-versed in camping on her own, but she is definitely a responsible kid. Now remember, we're talking about nanoseconds here, right? I went through the stuck method and I got to see, consider, and I considered in that moment, I just considered that she just wants to be heard. I mean, I knew she probably also wanted my consent, But really, in that moment, when she was sharing that with me, what I considered is she just wanted to be heard. Just like most people, when they speak, they just want to be heard. So actually, what my first response to my daughter really was, even though she doesn't remember it like this, was, wow, that really does sound fun. That sounds amazing. And I remember her response to that was, I know, right? I can't wait. And then that's when I started to offer some of my thoughts, where I told her about some recent tragic incidents that had happened in Israel that I won't go into here. Anyway, as I started to share with her some of these incidents, the look of her face went from pure excitement to sudden like disbelief. And I started to ask questions like, is the camping in an organized campground or is it just like in a random canyon? And she didn't have an answer for that. So I explained to her in the gentlest way that I could that she has a brain of a young teenager and that she and I will think differently about many things. And I told her that while a day hike sounds like it could be a good idea, an overnight hike especially without an adult, and especially as two young women, and especially not armed, and especially not in an organized campground, does not seem like the wisest decision she could make. But here's the thing. The way I parent, the way I've always parented, more or less, is that I try to show my kids their options. I do my best to show them their choices and the possible consequences to those choices, but I don't make decisions for them. It's something I've been very, very cognizant about ever since my daughter, who is our eldest, was born. 
I've always wanted to raise independent kids, and in order to do so, I've always known it would mean needing to let go and let them decide things for themselves. And this situation wasn't any different. So it's really funny and a bit ironic to me that my daughter somehow remembers this situation that my initial response to her was, no, you can't go, because that's not at all how it went. I was so intentional with my response. One of the reasons behind my choice for parenting this way is that ultimately my kids are going to do whatever they want, right? I mean, I could have told my daughter, no, you are not going to sleep in a canyon over my dead body. But yes, you can visit your friend. That would be fine. And without my knowledge, you know, she could have done the complete opposite, right? She could have done whatever she wanted. If she's a six-hour car ride away from me, I'll never know, and I'm not checking up on her. And something else I've been really vigilant about with my parenting is the hope of my children that they won't lie to me, that they won't hide things from me. And the way I know to build that trust is to show them that I trust them. So anyway, I considered my daughter just wanted to be heard. I listened. I did not react. I got unstuck. And then I shared my concerns. I told her that she knows she will ultimately make her own decision. But now at least she's heard my concerns. I can't say she was happy with me voicing my thoughts. That's true. Because it made her think twice. And it made her consider that maybe they need to reform their plans. And when she left for the bus on the first day of spring break, I had no idea what she was going to do. We had a contact name and number in a lot. We had her phone number. And we had to just trust that she was going to be responsible. The last thing I said to her before she got on the bus was, please think like an adult, not like a teenager. I don't know if that helped. I don't know if it was the right thing to do to say that. It was just what kind of came out of me, maybe fear popping up again. So she left and I told myself that it was okay, the last step of the stuck method. It was okay that I got stuck on fear. It happens. I'm a parent. It's like what we do as parents, right? She checked in with us each night, telling us where she was and what she did that day. And when she came home, she told us that she didn't end up going to the canyon in the end. They didn't even do hiking, as far as I remember. The truth of the matter is, I don't remember the details at this point, but all I know is that she went away for spring break. She took a long bus ride down to a lot. She found her way back up north. She spent the week with her friends, and she returned happy, which was probably the most important thing for her. And she returned safe, which was probably the most important thing for me and my husband. And we got through another teenage issue pretty well. No screaming, no yelling, no, I hate you. No, you don't listen to me. No, you don't care about me. No, you don't know what it's like. None of that stuff, which I know can occur. I know it, right? I see it all around me. But we completely avoided that. Or I avoided that. No, you know what? we avoided that. Because while I definitely took a stop and got myself unstuck, I have to give credit to my daughter for also responding in a way that was not automatic and not reactive. Whew. So 
That was the story I wanted to share with you today. And I'd like you to take a moment, see if you can recall a conversation that you had recently where you can consider, you could have considered, or maybe you'll consider in the future, that while you might not like what you hear, you can consider that all the person whom you're having this conversation with, all they want is they just want to be heard. That's all. Without your immediate gut reaction response. They just want to share something and they want to share it with you. Can you consider that? I know it's hard, I know, because we're so used to reacting. And that's, of course, where the power of the stop comes in. And that, the stop, by the way, is something I emphasize very strongly on the two-day silent Getting Unstuck retreats. The next one is coming up in June. I'll put a link in the show notes in case you live in Israel and you'd like to join me. Remember, if you live in the States and you would be interested in a one-day mini Getting Unstuck retreat in the New Jersey or Philadelphia area, please contact me as soon as possible and I will organize one for us this summer. Okay, my dear friends, thank you for listening. Next week is episode number 56. Every seven episodes, I take a break from sharing a stuck story, and I share something a little bit different. Next week, I'm going to talk about emotions. It's a really important one, so I hope you don't miss it. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com.